Hello, friends. Welcome to Resting Church Face, a podcast. I am your host, Amanda Allen, and this is episode 38. This week, we are revisiting one of my favorite topics, glimmers. This is a stressful time of year, but there are still a lot of joyful things that are floating around out there if we are willing to look for them. So sit back, relax, maybe stretch out on the couch and find that YouTube channel that is just a computer-generated image of a coffee shop on a rainy street with calming jazz music and that same old-fashioned truck that just keeps driving past over and over, and let's get started. Life has been a little stressful lately for everyone, not just me. It seems like everybody that I have talked to lately has been dealing with something. You know, life has been a little rough. And it doesn't mean that it's necessarily bad. It's just really busy and a lot. (laughs) So I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about this week. And I realized that I just want to focus on things that are making me happy. Because I think we all need to remind ourselves that no matter how stressed we are, no matter how busy we are, there are things that we can do throughout our week that will calm us, recenter us, and there are glimmers that we can grab hold of and focus on a little bit more than the things that are stressing us out. So we talked about glimmers in episode 27, and glimmers are basically the opposite of a trigger. It's a micro moment that makes you happier. It's a little moment of awe, just something that makes you feel hope. And I want to talk about them again, because I think that we can find glimmers in every season that we're in. And so right now we're in the best time of year, which is fall, probably the easiest time of year for me to find things that make me happy. But I think we all need to find our own things that make us feel grounded. So these are just a few of the things that are making me feel joy. These are the glimmers that I am focusing on and reaching out for and trying to implement into my everyday life. Not every day that I'm doing all of these things, but there are things I have been doing and enjoying that just make things a little bit easier. Okay, so let's talk about some autumn glimmers. The first thing that is really bringing me joy right now is popcorn. Now listen, I've always liked popcorn, but up until about two months ago, I hadn't eaten popcorn in over a year. And this is because I ate a bowl of microwave popcorn about a year ago, and I got a popcorn hull, like, you know, like the husk around the corn, (laughs) the popcorn. Anyway, it got stuck in my throat. And it wasn't keeping me from breathing. It wasn't choking me. I could still eat, but I could feel it. Like every time I would swallow, it was there. If you've ever swallowed a hair accidentally and you can just, you know, you can just feel it. That's what it felt like. And guys, it was there for four days. I had started getting on the internet being like, how do I get this out? I tried everything they said. It said to eat bread. I tried that. Didn't work. It said to drink Coke or something really fizzy. I, I was guzzling it. Didn't work. Said to eat crackers. Didn't work. Peanut butter. Didn't work. I had gotten to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to have to go to the doctor and get them to scope this thing out. And then I finally woke up on the morning of the fifth day, and I guess it had moved in my sleep. It was gone. I was so relieved. But I did not eat popcorn again for a full year. And then my friend Ashley sent me an air popper, like a popcorn air popper. You guys, like if they cut me open right now, I think it would be just 
popcorn. <laughs> I'm like the scarecrow in the Wizard of Oz. Like, you know, he's stuffed with hay. I, I'm just full of popcorn. I, I think I have eaten popcorn every day at some point for the last <laughs> two months. I love it so much, but I have a special way of making it. So this is how you should make it if you want to really enjoy your Air Pop popcorn. Plus, bonus, it's pretty healthy. Like, it's pretty good for you. Well, I don't know if it's good for you, but it's it's not bad for you. So this is how I do it. I pop the popcorn, and you have to use like a mixing bowl because the one thing about the Air Popper, I have an Orville Redenbacher one, it will shoot that popcorn out at you <laughs> with the force of a missile. And so if you have a tiny bowl, that doesn't work. So you got to get a big bowl. And then you have to arm yourself. So in one hand, you have avocado oil spray. Now listen, you can get it at Publix or Aldi. So the Aldi one is pretty cheap, but it's not very big. So you have to replenish that one. The one you can get at Publix and I think at Costco, I think it's called Chosen. That's the best kind, but it is a little pricey. So I typically get mine from Aldi. Okay, so in one hand, you have your avocado oil spray. And in the other hand, you are prepared with um, popcorn topping. Now, I prefer the white cheddar popcorn topping. Um, It's, I think, calorie-free. You can get the store brand, whatever kind they have. But they have all kinds of flavors. You know, they've got butter. They've got... um, nacho cheese, whatever, but I really like the white cheddar. Okay. So as the popcorn comes out of the air popper, you wait until you have like a little bit of a layer of popcorn and then you spray it with avocado oil. And then you shake on top of that, shake the white cheddar topping. And you do that like three times, two or three times until your bowl is pretty full. You know, the popper is about to stop. And then it kind of disperses it all the way through the popcorn. So you don't have to try to... get it through every layer because there's nothing worse than popping a whole bowl of popcorn and the oil and the topping just gets on the very top layer and that's not good. So that is giving me a lot of joy because it tastes more bad for you (laughs) than it is because I think the avocado oil kind of tricks your brain into thinking it's butter, but it's not. Anyway, it's fantastic. You should all try it. And let me know what you think. Also, future Amanda hopping on here as I'm editing this portion to say that I realized as I was listening back that I said, if you've ever swallowed a hair accidentally, as if there's any other way (laughs) to swallow a hair. I hope all of us, if we have swallowed a hair, it was all accidentally (laughs) and not purposefully. Okay, I just wanted to clear that up. The next thing that I'm really enjoying are the new Roll Doll adaptations directed by Wes Anderson that are on Netflix. There are four of them, and they're pretty short. I think the longest one is about 40 minutes, but it's the wonderful story of Henry Sugar, Poison, the Rat Catcher, and the Swan. So there are four short stories that the director, Wes Anderson, has adapted for Netflix. And, you know, Wes Anderson is a director that you either really like his movies or you don't. I personally really enjoy them. I love The Royal Tenenbaums. I love Moonrise Kingdom, The Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, Asteroid City is probably the only one that I was kind of like, eh, and that was his newest one. But these adaptations are so charming. They star Rafe Fiennes and Benedict Cumberbatch, Ben Kingsley, Dev Patel. And there's something about the way that Wes Anderson sees the world, you know, and all of his movies kind of feel the same way. They're all brightly colored 
the characters all speak pretty quickly. The stories are told in a, in a fast paced way that, that keeps you engaged. Um, and it's dry humor. And I feel like Roald Dahl's stories are a perfect vehicle for Wes Anderson's style. And I'd forgotten that Wes Anderson actually directed the fantastic Mr. Fox several years ago. And that's also a Roald Dahl short story. And you can really see how Roald Dahl was an inspiration for Wes Anderson because they have a very similar feel to me. And of course, I have loved Roald Dahl for a long time. I love Matilda, Willy Wonka, and the Chocolate Factory. I guess it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The Witches, James and the Giant Peach. I mean, they're classics. So I feel like these short story adaptations really live up to the way that the short stories feel when you're reading them. And again, all four of these short story films are on Netflix right now. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is potentially embarrassing for me, but we're going to talk about it because it is fun and it is giving me a lot of joy. So I was thinking about this the other day and you know, when, when we were kids, I think everybody has a version of this. There were imagination things that we did that we would do it when we were by ourselves, but if anybody had seen us do it, we would have been so embarrassed. I think about my sister and her friend Jordan, and I think I've talked about this before, where they would make, you know, they would make music videos and they would, you know, set up a fan to blow their hair so they could turn around and sing. And I know that if anybody had seen that, they would have, they would have died, right? But we all have done something like that. Mine was I would pretend that I was a character in my own movie montage scene. And all of my movie montage scenes were always sad and depressing. So I would listen to a song, on, like if a song came on the radio and I was in my bedroom, I would immediately think, okay, I need to go by a window. So I would. I had a little armchair by my window when I was in high school and middle school. And so I would get in that armchair and I would draw my knees up to my chin and wrap my arms around my legs and, you know, put my put my chin on my knees and stare out the window. And in my mind, when I did this, it was always raining. It probably wasn't, but I would pretend it was at least. It was raining and I would look out the window and sometimes I'd lean my head on the window and I'd think about, you know, my long lost love who has gone off to war or whatever and left me all alone. And I loved that. I loved the drama of it. And, you know, to an extent, sometimes when I, you know, I don't get in the window and pretend anymore, <laughs> but sometimes when I'm listening to a song, I still think this sounds or this feels like a movie moment. But I'll tell you one thing that I have started doing that is super fun for me. I've started giving concerts in my kitchen. Two, you ask? There's no one in the audience except my cat and Shirley. Now you think I'm making this up, but when I give a concert in my kitchen, and when I give a concert, this is how I do it. I will turn on my Alexa. I have to say it softly. Uh, I have one of those echo shows because if I say her name loudly, she'll be like, yes, how can I help you? Um, but I will put on an album. I will stand in the kitchen. And as soon as the music begins to play without fail, my cat and Shirley will come into the kitchen and sit down in front of me. Now, in my mind, she is looking at me with awe as I sing because like, she's like, wow, I didn't know you were this good. She may in actuality... <laughs> be staring at me because she is concerned for my sanity. Who knows? But in my mind, she just thinks I'm amazing. But there is something so stress relieving and fun about singing your guts out. 
especially when there's nobody around, you know, granted, I don't live in an apartment, so this helps, but there's nobody around to be like, stop, or you're really loud, or, you know, there's, I'm not embarrassed, but I will sing through an entire catalog of, of songs and pretend that I am on a stage and it is fun. I will dance. These are all things I would die if somebody saw me doing because I'm a terrible dancer. And I'm, you know, not that good at a lot of these songs, but it is so much fun. And I think at some point when we became adults, we just quit having fun like that. And I don't know why. You know, it's it, it's it's this thing about being older where we just decide that we're too mature to use our imaginations. And we're not. <laughs> we, we shouldn't be. So, you know, maybe singing isn't your thing. But anything that you really enjoyed, you know, if you're making music, make a music video, play G.I. Joe's, get out your Barbies and play, involve your kids in it if you can, if you're not too embarrassed, <laughs> if they don't, you know, make fun of you, but enjoy it because it really does bring you joy. I promise. And your animals will appreciate it. I know mine does. So... Now it's October. It's officially October. So it is the month of Halloween. And later in this month, we are going to be talking about some of my favorite spooky things. But I am loving right now that Halloween movies are starting to pop up everywhere. Now, I know a lot of you don't like scary movies. I get that. That's fine. But there are movies that are Halloween themed that really aren't scary. And I'm talking about movies like, I don't know, Hocus Pocus or... Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I don't know why I lost all of the movies in my mind. But there are some, you know, that just, they feel like fall and they feel like that Halloween town or uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. A lot of people, I'm not sure if I think The Nightmare Before Christmas is Christmas or Halloween. Where do you guys stand on that? I tend to watch it at Halloween because it feels more of a Halloween story to me. Or The Addams Family. Okay, now the movies are coming back to me. But The Addams Family, The Addams Family Values, Wednesday on Netflix, if you like that kind of show. I mean, there's just those kind of fall-centered, Halloween-esque movies. Beetlejuice, The Corpse Bride, that kind of stuff. I really enjoy it. It just, it goes with the season. I like to sit in front of my TV, have it on in the background, because most of these things I've seen a million times. And listen, I think my favorite of all of these is probably, I would say it has to be, we've talked about this, the Adams Family movies with Christina Ricci and Angelica Houston, um, that whole series. They are still funny. Like, I still laugh every time I see those movies. Like, it still works. Hocus Pocus, this is weird. I am not a huge Hocus Pocus fan, but I like the feel of the movie. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, it's not a movie that I absolutely would say is my favorite, but I like the setting. I like the Salem in the fall with the leaves and the witches and the, you know, kids trick-or-treating and full moons and black cats. Like, I like that whole feel to it, but the actual movie itself is probably not my favorite. Even though I do like Bette Midler in it and Kathy and Jimmy, I think they're probably the best parts of the movie. The kids are unlikable to me. I'm not a Thora Birch fan in this movie. She's pretty annoying to me. I know some of you may come at me for saying this, but that is just the way I feel. But I'm just really enjoying this this whole season, uh, the spooky season. You know, I like to read spooky books. I like um, the colors, uh, the kids in their costumes. Like, all of it is fun for me. So that is a that is a glimmer 
for Halloween. We've established that autumn is my favorite time of year, hands down. I love everything about it. I love the way it looks outside. I love the way it smells outside. I love that slightly like burning leaf smell that October and November has that makes you automatically think of fall. And I love to open up the windows in my house and let that cool breeze kind of run through the house. Unfortunately, where I live in Alabama, it's been like 85 degrees for the past two to three weeks. And guys, I am so over it. But according to the Weather Channel, come Friday, I think it's going to start being in the 70s and 60s. And I am ecstatic because I can't wait to do my very favorite thing. And that is to sit in front of an open window on my couch with like a fleece throw and a cup of coffee and a really good book. There is something so calming and cozy about reading in front of an open window. Like I said, you can hear the birds, you can smell the smells, and it's, you know, it's not hot. It's a little chilly, but you know, not in a really cold way. And getting lost in a book is probably the most fun thing I can think of doing ever. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what kind of book it is. It can be a scary book. If it's me, it's probably a scary book at this time of year. But I also love to read just a, a mystery or a heartwarming kind of story, or even, you know, a a self-help type book. It doesn't matter. There's just the act of sitting and turning pages. And I really will say this too. I love my Kindle. I love listening to audiobooks. But when I like to sit in front of a window and read, it needs to be an actual book that I need. I can turn the pages because I love the sound of silence except for the turning of pages. I always loved going to the library because of that. I love to listen to people reading when they're just, you know, it's, it's ASMR for me, I guess the sound. That's what I need. Probably. I should just start an ASMR YouTube channel of just turning pages in a book (laughs) that would put me to sleep. I don't know about you guys, but again, like I just think that sitting in front of a window and reading is, is, is something that brings me a lot of joy during this season and you should try it. And you know, if you're not into reading, sitting and listening to music with the windows open or not doing anything. You know, I think a lot of times we are so afraid of silence and it is kind of jarring at first when you're sitting in absolute quiet, maybe with just the sounds of nature outside, but it is centering. So if you're not into reading, try doing that. Lay on the couch with your eyes closed and just listen, you know, drip doze if you want to, but Just enjoy this time of year and everything that it offers. The last thing I'm going to talk about that is bringing me joy and is a glimmer for me right now is my bedtime routine. So I've talked a little bit about morning routines and, you know, routines are hard for me in general because I am not by nature a structured person, but like all people who are not structured, I thrive on it <laughs> when I do start a routine. I am much better and much more organized and much calmer when I submit to routines. And we've also talked about how I have a hard time sleeping, always had a hard time sleeping. And it's not so much that I can't stay asleep once I fall asleep, because most of the time when I fall asleep, I'm, I'm good. I'm a light sleeper, but I can usually fall back asleep if I wake up in the middle of the night. But falling asleep is really hard for me because I just don't want to turn my brain off. 
And I have developed a routine that miracle of miracles has worked for me. And guys, I've been getting the best sleep I think I may have gotten in literal years. And I want to say this too. If you're not sleeping well, it affects everything in your life. Your temperament, your hair, your skin, your just emotional state of being, everything is affected. And sometimes you don't realize that you're not sleeping well until you start to sleep well and see the difference that it makes. So I have been getting probably eight to nine hours of sleep a night. For me, this is huge. I am someone who a lot of times would not fall asleep until around two in the morning, and then I would get up around seven, and I'd be a zombie all day, and I'd have to take a nap at like 2.30-ish just to function. And then, of course, I would mess up my sleep schedule by taking a nap, and when it was time for bed, I'd have a hard time falling asleep, and then I'd go to bed too, and I would just start that vicious cycle you know, over and over again. So I was always tired. And since I have started this routine, I have been sleeping so well and I have so much energy during the day. I can't nap if I wanted to because I'm awake, but I'm also naturally getting sleepy around nine o'clock, 930. So here is the routine that I will walk you through. So the first thing that I do is take ashwagandha gummies. Now, my friend Ashley told me about ashwagandha gummies. And at first I thought that she was saying I, I, I somehow like mixed it up with ayahuasca. <laughs> so <laughs> ayahuasca is like, a, I think it's a, it's a hallucinogen. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not going to take mushrooms. Are you crazy? <laughs> you might as well tell me to smoke some marijuana before bed. But then I realized that that is not what it is. Ashwagandha is sold at Publix and Walmart and Target and, you know, pretty much any grocery store type setting in the supplement aisle because it is just a naturally derived um, compound made out of, I think, an evergreen shrub. I looked it up. That's found in Asia and Africa. And it just works to calm uh, swelling. It lowers your blood pressure. It just relaxes you. Um, so I, I take two gummies and it really works wonders for me. I also am taking one magnesium pill. Um, I get that also at the grocery store. And, you know, I think you do need to be careful with how much magnesium you take, but you take your recommended daily dose. Now, you can find magnesium also in bananas and things like that. But for me, taking this pill before I go to bed, it also calms your nervous system. It relaxes your muscles. It just kind of sets the stage for sleep. And then I take one Tylenol PM. Now, I used to take two Tylenol PM, but I realized that Every time I would take two, I would wake up the next morning very groggy feeling at a much harder time waking up. But one seems to be the magic number for me. So those three things, I take, again, two ashwagandha gummies, which is not a hallucinogen, <laughs> and a magnesium pill and a Tylenol PM. And then I also drink a decaf coffee, one cup of decaf coffee. Now, I have tried teas. I wish I liked tea but much more than I do. I've tried a lot of them. It's just not my thing. I really enjoy a cup of coffee and a decaf coffee. I really like Folgers breakfast blend. I also like the um, McCafe, believe it or not, it makes a pretty good one. Also Barney's makes a very nice decaf coffee. Um, I make one cup and put a little bit of creamer in it and I will take that into my bedroom and I will get in bed and I will read for about half an hour. And like clockwork, after about half an hour, I begin to feel truly drowsy, which for me, again, is, is, is 
always a thrill for me because when I realize that I'm tired, I'm like, oh, I'm tired. And then I have found a new podcast that I love so much. So I still love the Sleepy Bookshelf, but there is another podcast that is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and it is called Nothing Much Happens. And that's exactly what it sounds like. It is a woman with a very soothing voice who will talk to you for about half an hour and she tells a story in the town of not, of not nothing much happens i think that's what she calls it the town of nothing much happens and it's very boring but it also just kind of keeps your brain engaged and she explains at the beginning of every podcast that it's training your brain that when you hear her voice and you start to focus on the stories it lets your brain know it's time to go to sleep because sometimes when you try to go to sleep with no noise at all or nothing to focus on, for me anyway, that's when my brain starts to race. But giving myself something to focus on that's not that interesting does the trick. So she will tell the story in a very calm voice and then she'll repeat the story just a little bit slower. And it took me about probably, I would say a week to two weeks for this to really work for me. But now I don't even get like five minutes into the story most of most nights and I'm out and I pretty much sleep all night long. And it's a revelation for me. <laughs> and again, like I said, it has changed my life. I and mean, then that sounds very dramatic, but I am doing so much better now that I am sleeping through the night. So if you struggle with insomnia, my heart goes out to you. I totally understand because it really is rough. It's hard. And I think for a long time, I would say, oh, I'm just a night owl, but I'm not really. I have realized that I'm actually a morning person. I've been getting up routinely before, you know, around 630 in the morning without an alarm clock, which is unheard of for me. And I enjoy being up early. So if you're struggling with sleep, try some of these tricks. And I'd love to, you know, to hear from you if they work. Um, because it really is a huge glimmer for me. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with me again this week. And as always, thank you for following and subscribing and telling your friends and family about it. If you get a chance to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to me because it really does help people find the podcast. If you would like to find me, it is super easy. I'm on Instagram at restingchurchface. I hope you have a fantastic week and let's get together again soon.